0: Welcome everybody to Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the king and queen woo, of Corden Alex M. Weiss. And
1: Chelsea Weiss and
0: Chelsea M. Weiss. <laughs> what the have you box. to
1: say, Chelsea?
2: You're you're close because it's Elizabeth.
0: Well, I was thinking of your <laughs> no. main name.
2: Oh my main yes. Martin, yes.
1: So, well.
2: Are we not hello. allowed to give out specific information? No, that's fine. Okay.
1: We give it out every week. Here's my social.
2: Beep, 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 beep.
1: And, <laughs> returning, once
0: again, the Duchess of Dunwoody, the Sage of Sandy Springs, Erica J. Lavender.
2: Hello, good evening.
0: Guys, hey, we. We are all hanging out together for the first time ever and it's awesome.
1: And uh, we just watched a movie.
2: In the yeah. same house. Also a first time. Yeah.
1: So about this movie, you want to
0: get right into it? I have some other things to say. Go ahead, go ahead. Literally on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get right into it, of course, this is Weiss Camera Action, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Alex, Erica, and I review movies slash series of movies. If you like that and you want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com, where $1 a month tier grants you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the podcast, or you can write your Darmok reviews, just like Alex did last week and forgot to air once again.
1: I will do it this week. I will do it for last week. Soon, before we get into this week's movie. And I haven't written this week's yet.
0: Oh, yeah. I've got got an
1: idea, though. We
0: just hopped into it.
1: Uh, I'll I'll, I'll do it. I got
0: it. We haven't had anyone write in yet, but, hey, there's a first time for everything. This is a brand-new podcast still. Uh, Big big Shanks. (laughs) (laughs) Big Shanks. The Patreon producers. That's right. We have multiple producers now. Chronoslinger and Pepe Danger. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch the show each and every Friday on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping. In an effort to be more consistent with uploads and better serve you, our schedule has changed. Each episode will now be uploaded everywhere on Fridays. Also, this Friday at the time of recording. Uh, unrelated. Also, we've been completely revamped the Patreon page uh, rewards, so... We have details more at the end of the show. Alex, Chelsea, Erica, remind me to come back to those details. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by WeissCast, but more on that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be our first impressions.
1: You you guys go first. I'm I'm doing something.
0: Um, Chelsea, let's hear your first impressions of this movie.
2: First impressions. Are we talking about first first impressions or second time around first impressions? (laughs)
0: <laughs> most recent watch impressions.
2: Okay. So all I could think in the beginning of the movie was how the intro scene where, you know, Jack Sparrow comes in seems to me, out of all the sequels, to call back most similarly to the very first movie, like classic Jack mm-hmm. Sparrow getting out mm-hmm. of a type spot using what resources he has to just... Make it up as he goes and his classic humor. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was so much in movies two and three.
1: Yeah, I felt like this, this felt tonally most like the first movie. In the best possible way.
2: Yes, that's my first impression.
3: Yeah, I had a similar first impression, um, thinking about how, um, just exactly how you were saying, how it reminded you of the first movie in that way. But one way it did not remind me at all of the first movie is it took us forever to get to the ocean. Mm-hmm. There was so long where I was like, why are we looking at land? I want <laughs> <you> to see the <laughs> sea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess those are my first two thoughts.
0: Yeah, I agree with what's been said. This might be my second favorite opening in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, just like the whole, I wouldn't even call it like necessarily the whole first act, but just like that opening scene, um, with Jack being, uh, arrested. And there's like rumors of him, uh, being impersonated and looking for a crew. Um, just like that whole concept is really cool. Um, and then, you know, the guy that plays King George, uh, was great. He's, also, Vernon Dursley in um, the Harry Potter series, and he's just fantastic. He's a really That's good... That's
2: where I've seen him. Yep.
0: Yeah. He's <laughs> he's a really funny actor. Um, I think he passed away a few years ago, actually. Or he I did. Aw. Uh, but he's a really funny guy. Uh, his name escapes me, though. Um, it's Richard Griffiths. Richard Griffiths. I knew it wasn't Kathy Griffin. <laughs> Very close. Mm -hmm. Very close. Um. So, some fun facts. Alex, I need you to lead us in some fun
1: facts. All right. I've got some fun facts ready, everybody. Hike up your uh, loins and gird your skirts. Oh,
2: my goodness. (laughs) We're not Scotland here.
1: (laughs) Aye. Uh, This is the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie with the original cinematographer. The next movie has a new one. So, the first four movies had the same one. The next, next movie, they have a different guy. So... Just be on the lookout. I think he did. Honestly, I think he did really great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb said that the budget was two hundred million dollars, a hundred million in the, in the previous movie, but also the production cost, quote unquote, quote, ballooned to over four hundred thousand dollars. Yikes! Note: a movie's budget does not include marketing. Yes, sir. I was so. I've read multiple places.
0: Is that this is the most expensive movie ever made?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Really, the one does we
0: just that watched? include marketing?
1: No. Uh, if if you see a movie cost say 150 million dollars, then it probably costs 150 more million more to market it.
0: Well, so, the numbers I've seen for this movie said
1: 300 million to make. So then it probably costs at least about you know, if not double, then nearly double to market it. Wow, like the the budget that you see advertised is like the production budget.
2: So the one we that's just crazy. watched is the most expensive movie ever made.
1: That's what Aaron read. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I forget the source on that. Let me let me look up the source it's real quick. Of
2: the water droplet scene, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was.
1: So th- this was also the first pirates movie that was shot digitally. I don't know if anybody could tell. Shot with red camera. Yeah. um, there
0: were some scenes where I could tell. I, I, otherwise I couldn't. hmm. Um, I think, yeah, the scene with the water droplet, like, I think I could pretty easily tell that that, that I was using, like, a digital, digital camera.
1: You mean when they got the actual droplet or with the mermaids leading up to that? Uh, not the tear. Oh, the droplet. The one that's the like crawling up the leaf
2: like um, flubber. Yes. Yeah. The flubber droplet. I
1: got mixed up, you know, droplet tear. Come on, give me a break. Mm-hmm. There are yes.
3: several important droplets. There really are. <laughs> so, um, I'm
1: going to, I'm going to come back to that in a second. And my last trivia piece is this is the first pirates movie directed by someone other than Gore Verbensky. And I don't remember the guy's name, but I think he did a great job, honestly. Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall. Yeah. So, uh, how do I say this? The, I didn't think there was that many digital effects in the movie. I, like, I noticed the snake, the frog, and then the water mm-hmm. droplet, like you were talking about. And, um, like, even, I mean, we only watched it on, uh, upscale DVD, but, mm-hmm. uh, digital movies cannot, like, th- digital movies with, like, like the uh CGI effects they can't they can only go to 2K like the effects can only go to 2K so um yeah what, I I don't know what that means for us watching a standard definition DVD on a 1080p TV but that means like I guess they uh you can they make them more noticeable on a digital movie so mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, okay, this was on Insider.com. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides cost $376.5 million to make. Wow. Um, that's the production and marketing total. In 2011, the New York Times originally reported the film cost $400 million in total. In 2014, Forbes reported British financial statements that showed film cost $410 million total, before the tax credit worth at least 34 dollars One million. According to Forbes, Johnny Depp made $55 million for this movie. Wow. I'll
1: take one of those million.
0: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I think I've told you this before, that, like, one million could, like, fund my ministry budget for, like, 20 years.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't that crazy? That's
3: so nuts.
0: And, like, I could live pretty comfortably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Any more fun facts before we get into
1: the plot, 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 That's it. Do you, that, that's all the facts I have. Do you want me to read the plot summary and then we can go beat by beat? Yes. All right. This is the uh, thank you to some rando on IMDb for this plot summary. In London, Captain Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, of course, escapes from soldiers that are chasing him and, he, and learns that an imposter is recruiting and recruiting a crew and vessel using his name. He meets the impersonator and finds out that she is, she actually is Angelica, a woman that he had seduced in a convent in Seville. Jack is abducted. And when he awakens aboard, the ship is sailing. Angelica tells him that her father, the pirate Blackbeard, played by Ian McShane, oh yeah, Angelica's Penelope Cruz, is cursed. And he needs to find the legendary Ponce de Leon, uh fountain of youth to save his life. They force Jack who knows the location of the fountain to guide them. Meanwhile, Captain, Hector Barbosa, played by Jeffrey Rush, is hired by King George Richard Griffiths to lead the British crew and dispute against the Spaniards and Blackbeard who arrives first to the fountain. But along their dangerous quest, they need to find two chalices that uh, belong to Ponce de Leon and a tear of a mermaid.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Rando from IMDb. Rando <laughs> Calrissian. yes alright we'll be open in London we're in London now that's right the motherland after a failed attempt to rescue his first mate Josemi Gibbs from execution in London Captain Jack Sparrow is brought before King George II the king asks Jack to guide an expedition to locate the Fountain of Youth before King Ferdinand and the Spanish Navy locate it Captain Hector Barbosa now working as a privateer, and sporting a peg leg, is captaining the expedition. Though, only requires Sal Feng's navigational charts. Remember south Fang from At World's End? Uh,
2: How can you forget? Uh
0: He only needs the navigational charts rather than Jack. Jack escapes. Surprise! Also, can we talk about this escape real quick? We kind of tiptoed around it earlier. Like, this really was just very classic jacket and like kind of callbacks to um, the oh first goodness. movie, like him just swinging around, uh, doing Jack Sparrow things.
2: Um, I noticed when it's he it's open to watch. Yes, mm-hmm. I noticed when he was fighting. I guess the impersonator.
1: Angelica, <laughs>
2: yeah, Angelica. How they had the battle up in the rafters again, just like he did with Will Turner mm-hmm. in the first Mooney movie in the mm-hmm. blacksmith mm-hmm. shop.
0: Yeah, and it, like his escape takes him not only through the palace. I'm assuming it's Buckingham Palace. I don't know how old that palace is, but I'm assuming it's Buckingham Palace. Takes him not only through the, all like that palace, but takes him through London and. Um, it's just like a really cool scene where he's like hiding on this banner at first. And then he's they're Like he drops down onto a carriage and they're chasing him on carriages. Um, and then I think one of the coolest, uh, scenes in the entire franchise maybe is when he overtakes that, uh, coal carriage and the coal lights on fire and he's just dropping coal everywhere. I don't know why, but I thought that was really cool. Um, just seeing some fires come up every every once in a while. Um why a person on a coal carriage would be carrying a lit lantern in the middle of the day baffles me. But <laughs> whatever. But it
3: gets the job done.
0: <laughs> that it does. Um yeah, I thought this the scene was extremely well choreographed and beautifully shot. Um this this cinematographer or director of photography is just it was very good and i think he was maybe at his best in this point in the series with this scene
1: so you're going to probably hear me say this a lot but this move or this i don't know if it's just the opening scene or the, the whole first act we'll say the first act uh really nails the fun tone for the whole movie, and that's just one thing I mm-hmm. thought throughout the whole movie It's fun.
2: Oh, yes. that's. I was thinking similarly like it's infused with a bit of humor, especially with the pastry that gets stuck to the chandelier, yes. and eventually it pays off where he runs off with it, and he finally gets a bite. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and especially in juxtaposition to the last movie, which set the tone of it being so dark so quickly. Oh, yes. Um, this one, I think, did something a lot different, which was <laughs> nice for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Oh yes, yeah, I I agree. I mean, this this movie is a light or a light a lot more lighthearted than the previous two, and it really does harken back to the first movie um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I I only looked at the director's filmography. I did not look at any of the writers. I do. I'm gonna look, to look at, at Rob
1: Marshall's filmography real quick. He threw a decent amount of things. Into the Woods, Mary Poppins Returns, Chicago, Memoirs of a Geisha. Geisha? Geisha, whatever. Memoirs of that lady from Japan. (laughs) I would, I mean, I've only seen two of his movies, but I think Pirates is his best one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean...
0: This is a really well done movie, and I mean, especially this first act, it really does set the tone for the movie in a lot of ways. Not that there aren't dark parts in this movie, uh,
1: but we no, to that. Are you right? But there, there's nothing like I don't know the the third movie just seemed really drab.
2: It was really grisly too. Yeah, everyone yeah. was dirty and grungy, and just this. Feeling of impending doom.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think
0: I caught. I think this is only my second viewing of this movie. To Same be honest here. with you, um, and I definitely didn't catch it the first time, or didn't. If I did, I didn't remember because it's been like eight years since I've seen this. But um, the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Officers on. Queen Anne's Revenge. I didn't realize that they were zombies. I didn't or either. Whatever. And I, I really appreciate that they didn't look like mystical. I mean, mm-hmm. they looked weird for sure, but it was like mostly with like tattoos and like facial stuff. Um, like they look. They had like oddly sculpted faces or whatever. Um, and. I really appreciate that they weren't like zombie fish people or whatever, because those those zombie fish people from the last two movies were just straight up gross. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I thank goodness
0: no tentacles, right?
3: Right. Golly, <laughs> no <laughs> organs to be played.
1: The only thing I remember from the first viewing is the first act. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I forgot the entire rest of the movie. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't even remember there was the missionary character or. Oh, I did anything. Like
2: because <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, he falls in love with a mermaid." I was <laughs> I was extremely
1: bored the first time. I don't know why, but I liked it a lot more. Yeah, I definitely had a lot more fun
0: in this viewing. But back to the run down, the play by play. Jack escapes meeting his father, Captain Teague, who tells Jack that the fountain requires a ritual to use. Jack learns and impersonator is recruiting pirates for another expedition. The imposter is Angelica, Jack's former lover and Jack, or former lover and daughter of the legendary Blackbeard. Jack is shanghaied into service aboard Blackbeard's ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Blackbeard survived his historic death using voodoo magic. Due to a predestined fatal encounter with Barbossa, he wields the Sword of Triton which allows him to control his ship. Though Jack leads a mutiny, Blackbeard subdues the crew into obedience. Amongst the crew is Philip Swift, a captured missionary. Barbosa recruits Gibbs, who burns the charts, admitted admitting he memorized every location. Jack is told by Angelica that two silver chalices must be retrieved from Juan Ponce de Leon's flagship, the Santiago. A mermaid's tear must be placed in one chalice, which have to be, ha, it should be has, this is a typo, which has to be, I don't like drink, drinking,
3: drinking, Dr- drinking, and drinking aren't words, which I think is so sad because I use them all the time. Yeah,
0: which must be drunk and consumed simultaneously <laughs> to activate. Sorry, this is Wikipedia,
1: ladies and gentlemen, like there, there's, it's not perfect. Uh. Hey, can we pause a moment and talk about Ian McShane as Blackbeard? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, like I said, I complete, like, completely forgot about the last two thirds of the movie after my first viewing. But like, dang, Ian McShane just was awesome. Like mm-hmm. the first lo- first read, like his reading is so good. I mean, like, I, he wasn't like doing a funny voice or anything. I just felt like he was a naturally good pirate actor. I would agree. And I like I like the way that they were smoldering his beard the first time you see him. Or his beard was smoldering. Mm-hmm. I think that's supposedly what the historical Blackbeard had. I
2: don't
1: remember
0: Yeah, I um <laughs> I, I remember that he was in this. Um but you know the only movie I've ever seen Ian McShane in besides this, I think was Hot Rod?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've seen him in anything else, but he was so good.
0: He was good. Um, he's my favorite, though. You know what I mean?
2: John. I don't know if
1: his motivations, but. hmm
2: And Hellboy, apparently. Mm-hmm.
0: Should I get on with the thing? Yeah, sorry. I didn't no, know if you guys had
1: any more to say about Ian McShane.
0: Ba, 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 ba. The revenge sails to Whitecap Bay to capture a mermaid, successfully netting Serena, who they at first must carry in a glass container. When Serena is dropped, her tail turns into legs. What? <laughs> I don't um, understand that part. Me neither. Uh, for me, honestly, this is when the movie started falling apart. Um But we'll get on that when we go to criticisms.
2: Um, it's part of mermaid lore. Is it? Yeah. Put them on land, their fin turns into legs.
1: Do tell, Chelsea.
2: That's what happens yeah, in Aquamarine. <laughs> Chelsea, thank you. I'm so glad I wasn't the
3: only one thinking of Aquamarine at a moment like this.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what happens in Aqua Marine. Granted, that's a girly teen movie, but there is, is a that, mermaid you put on. Is that the movie with,
1: uh, with uh, Jamie Roberts?
2: I don't know who that JoJo. is.
3: Jojo. Um, yeah, Emma Roberts. Emma He's Roberts. Emma
2: Roberts, yeah. Um, Although I think there is some element where it has to be like a full movie. I don't know, but you put her on land, she gets legs.
1: Jamie Lynn Spears, Emma Roberts. Okay, i got my Nick Teens separated now. Yeah, teams, that's sorry. fair.
2: Mermaid lore, similar genres,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: not like the Little Mermaid where she. Well, I think she comes onto land. I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking Disney Little Mermaid. I don't know I'm what talking my, Hans Christian Andersen.
1: Is that the authoritative mermaid lore?
2: Actually, I'm not sure. But okay. as far as I
3: know, in mermaid lore, if the tail has water on it, it's a tail. If the legs get water on it it will be a tail again, but if there's no water around, the tail will become legs. <laughs> as far as I know, I'm not a mermaid expert, but I do agree with Chelsea. I feel Anything like that also happens biologist. in Sabrina Down Under. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Didn't that happen in Sabrina Down Under? I don't Under? remember. She, 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 they dragged the merman up on the shore.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It they did have happen.
2: To, they have to give him legs by put, or a tail by putting him in the bathtub. That's right. water.
1: So... This is a good time to say that this movie was based on a book and I forgot about that while watching it. Really? It's based on a book called On Stranger Tides. Yeah.
0: What? You know, that came up when we looked when I looked up
1: I looked up on Stranger Tides Wikipedia and the first thing to
0: come up mm, was a book.
3: Interesting. And you're like, that's not what they want.
0: Yeah. Huh.
2: How about I, that? I, I don't know
1: now. how faithful it is. I think they mostly just use the name so they could get the story, you know. But.
2: They're probably like, "How can we revitalize Pirates of the Caribbean? Let's just throw Johnny Depp in this story, and we're good to go."
3: <laughs> mm, <yes. laughs>
0: um. But yeah, they successfully catch Serena. Um, something the glass container breaks, and Philip is caring for her. Angelica and Blackbeard send Jack to get the chalices, making or taking his magic compass. That's a bargaining chip. Jack meets Barbosa on the Santiago, but find the chalices Bart having been taken by the Spanish. That was a hard word to say for some reason. The two steal the chalices where Barbosa explains Blackbeard. Blackbeard attacked the Black Pearl. Oh, sorry, that didn't make sense until. Just know the two steal the chalices, where Barbosa explains Blackbeard attacked the Black Pearl, leading to the loss of his leg. Ser- Serena's tear is extracted by Blackbeard after Philip expresses love for her, leaving her to die of dehydration, and Philip is forced to go with the crew. Um, this is kind of overlooked, th- or in this, like uh, the people, the crew fakes his death, so we think- oh Philip's death. Philip's death. Yeah, we think that his throat gets slit, but somehow he gets a poison dart instead. I think
1: that they cut his chest cuz there's a cut there later. I mm-hmm. think. I don't know.
2: I agree.
0: Or some kind of dart that made him pass out or something. But yeah. that he was th-
3: not fatally wounded to make him. Right. Yeah.
0: That part didn't make sense to me. I don't know about you guys.
2: Yeah. I mean,
3: visually, was, it was just kind of hard to follow because visually, I thought I had just watched him die, so it was very—I mm-hmm. don't know. I think that, I think that maybe they could have done it better, but have it just it visually, didn't make sense to me.
1: That—that's honestly like because of the yeah, the, what Eric is saying. That's that's why it's going down one star for me. But yeah,
2: I guess you could argue that that was Blackbeard's plan because later. When they do catch her tear, it's because she's crying tears of joy. So maybe he knew that if he came back, she would cry. No, (laughs) that's a stretch, though. The
1: plan, the plan, it makes sense, but they they didn't communicate it well to the audience. Mm -hmm.
3: Right, right.
0: Yeah, that's just bad storytelling. Like, I think if everyone, including the audience, is in on the plan except for Serena, yeah,
2: like Philip. That's like or.
0: not yeah. everyone, except for Serena and Philip. Yeah. So, like, the crew, the audience are I in agree. on the plan.
3: I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That would have been a little bit better storytelling. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of convoluted the way that they did it. Um, Jack returns, bargaining for the return of his compass in exchange for the chalices. When Blackbeard agrees, Jack sends gives off on an errand.
1: And the the chalices were attached to a pig. I loved it. Yeah.
0: For reasons. <laughs> I think, um,
2: the, yeah, the threat was to send the pig off into the jungle with yeah. the chalice
0: attached. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. It was just odd that the okay. chalices were attached to this random pig. <laughs> um Blackbeard's crew locate the fountain, but are confronted by Barbosa and his men. The Spanish arrive, condemning the fountain as an abomination against God. <laughs> Throwing the chalices into a deep pool. In the chaos, Philip frees Serena, who retrieves the chalices, returning them to Jack. Barbosa- I didn't catch that for some reason. Wait, didn't catch what? That Serena got the chalices and gave them to Philip, who returned them to Jack.
1: I thought Jack fished him out himself.
2: Serena gave him to Jack. She did? Yeah, well, cause I don't know if I need to save this for criticisms, but there's, like, no, the, part, you. No. the part where, like, Philip goes back a second time mm-hmm. and releases Serena, mm-hmm. and she, I guess, is basically, I don't trust you, dives down into the pool and leaves Philip to rot, I guess. At least that's the assumption. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, in the middle of the fight, in the room with the fountain, she appears out of the hole in the floor with the chalices in hand, hands them to Jack, goes back under, and then suddenly she tries to rescue Philip later. And we're well, like i don't I don't understand why she had to like go get the chalices first and then go get Philip.
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: the sequencing and that just didn't make any sense. also
1: like it was like the the fountain was in the ceiling. And she was, like, on the ground, so how did she get into the ceiling? Mermaid magic.
2: Is that part of Mermaid lore? (laughs) We're going to expand the universe of mermaid lore by saying that they can swim through ceilings. Isn't that what they do in uh, Big Fish and Begonia?
1: No, not not that movie. (laughs) Never. Only she and Mermaid mermaid Man can do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. Like... Uh, just on top of like, why did she go after the chalices and not fill up, But like, Alex and I didn't even catch that. That's how he got the chalices back. Like, mm-hmm. Erica, did you catch that? Like,
3: no, you reading it didn't sound right. To be honest with you,
0: yeah, I was just like, what? But Chelsea, you're the only one that caught that. So it Chelsea's like...
1: good at picking up on details like that.
2: Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, but we forgot the story I told Erin yesterday how I missed an entire house missing on campus when I went to school. <laughs> so sometimes but, I catch up on details. But you were but, invested uh, in the story. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: story <laughs> details are a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> in real life details. <laughs> in real life details. <laughs> uh, bu- 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 Barbosa Barbossa stabs Blackbeard with his poison sword. Oh, yeah, Barbosa poisoned his sword. Um, with toad poisoning. With toad poisoning. Uh, this I am. This Wikipedia left a lot out. I think next time I'm going to use the pirate wiki. Um, yeah, they told Jack that while they were getting the chalices. Um,
1: yeah, Barbosa like, Bar-
0: stabs Blackbeard. Bar- 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 he steals the sword of Triton, declaring himself captain of, of Queen Anne's Revenge, returning to piracy. The Spanish crushed the fountain. Before leaving themselves, Angelica cuts her hand on the poison sword. Jack retrieves the remaining drops of water from the fountain, adding Serena's tear to one of the chalices. When Blackbeard asks Angelica to die for him, Jack tricks him into drinking the chalice lacking the tear. Angelica is healed, whilst Blackbeard uh, die. <laughs> whilst Blackbeard <laughs> dies, <laughs> um, Serena returns to an injured Philip kisses him and guides him underwater to an unknown fate. I'm okay. That really was left ambiguous. Do you think Serena just straight up betrayed him and then murdered him?
2: No, I don't think so because there is a point in the story where when they're trying to draw the mermaids into the shore to catch one, to get a tear, they have all those guys in a boat that they shine the spotlight on who are essentially bait. And then Mm. while they're sitting there talking and trying to sing a song and trying to draw the mermaids in, They're discussing, you know, the mermaid lore, and you're like, oh, I heard mermaids do this, I heard mermaids do that. And one pirate says, I hear that if you get kissed by a mermaid, she can save your life. Hmm. And I don't know whether that gives you the ability to breathe underwater. I mean, I don't think they specified that, but they did say that a kiss from a mermaid will can heal you or save you. There was also
1: the line that they said, I hear that mermaids come aboard the ship and have their way with men. And then, what? Kill them. And then, one other guy says, "I heard it was." And then eat them. I heard it was the other way around, too.
0: That's what. That's what the guy said, and that was the guy's line. Yeah. In the movie, the 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 one guy says, uh, he (laughs) drowns them or kills them or has their way with them. Drowns them. Kills him and eats him, and then the guy says, I heard it was the other way around too, and I was like, that doesn't make sense, but apparently it made sense to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like that was just thrown in there for humor because it makes you stand back and go, yeah. wait, what?
0: <laughs> Ooh, speaking of humor.
2: Boop, 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 boop,
1: boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop. Boop,
0: Welcome everybody to Kudu Kudu, the podcast within a podcast where cool dudes rank funny dudes. Uh, ba the funny dude. Uh, Do you
1: need to know his name? No, I
0: know his name. I was just looking for the list because we ch- edited it and changed it recently. Um... At number one right now, we have Rigetti and Pintel. At number two, we have Murtaugh and Mulroy. And in this movie, we have Scrum. Um, Scrum is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. He seemed a little shoehorned in sometimes, not going to lie. But he was pretty funny nonetheless. I'd, I'd like to hear your collective opinions on Scrum.
1: I was thinking of this very ranking when I watched him and enjoyed his antics. But at the same time, I can't really remember anything he said. Or...
2: Yeah, I was about to say,
3: like, sorry, watching him, I, no, I'm i sorry, I was just, just going to say, like, watching him, I thought, like, I thought he was adding a lot, and he was funny, but Rigetti and Pintel, and, as well as Murtaugh and Mulroy, to me, are more... Iconic. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I can think of more, and we just watched the movie, and I'm already like, what did he even do again? Like, what did he say? But, like, the other two, I'm like... They were iconic. I and very. I guess the word I'm looking for is memorable. Mm-hmm. He, like Scrum wasn't as memorable to me.
1: That's because Scrum needs his thrum. He doesn't have a sidekick. Mm. Oh, you're
3: she
2: a genius. Not.
1: Chelsea. Um. Do you remember who Scrum was?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know who Scrum was. Um. I think the only two funny things I remember him doing was him playing the accompaniment music to Angelica and Jack's deck date. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Where he was strumming the guitar passionately. That was just kind of funny to me. And then the other one was where Jack was trying to stop the fight at the Fountain of Youth and, like, <laughs> reason with everyone, and Scrum got it for a second and then changed his mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think, yeah, he was really funny, but he didn't have his sidekick or his counterpart, you know? Um But also...
1: Like, he wasn't super integral to the story like yeah he wasn't pentel and Regretti, like they had their like uh pentel's eye as part of the story uh Mer- i'm going to butcher the names moltog and Moral. <laughs> Eminem. Yeah, they yeah. like they were guarding davy jones's heart and then they decided to switch sides
2: oh i didn't even think about that how there were like Two comedic pirates and two comedic British officers. Mm-hmm. On com, comedians on either side. Mm-hmm. I think they're frozen.
1: You're frozen. We're frozen. Oh, I get it you, were, you no. all,
3: right. all is well now.
0: We're all okay. all's well. We I you got cut off, Chelsea. I couldn't hear. Oh,
2: I don't remember what, what you what said. I was
1: she, she said oh, that there was... Uh, I didn't
2: realize that there were two sets of comedic twins, I guess. Like a pirate set and a British officer set. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: That usually has to do with uh, cell phone. Yeah, I... Yep,
0: yep, I had my phone. I was going to take a note. Um But it's fine. Um... So, I think we should put him at number three. Yeah. Although, we have to, I don't know. I feel like he had more screen time than Murtaugh and Mulroy. But was he funnier?
2: I do remember one more funny thing he did. The whole part where Jack was trying to convince them to mutiny and he was the first one to jump. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was like, Let's start a mutiny right (laughs) now! And he just like runs up the steps, and Jack looks at everyone else and says, "We'll go." (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I think he just has a habit of diving into things without thinking.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. But like, are we talking about screen time or funny?
0: You're right. I think we got to put him at number three.
2: Yeah, I agree.
3: I agree. I think as long as Pintel and Rogetti are still number one, because they're mm-hmm. still my favorites.
2: mm
0: hmm Um do 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 When Blackbeard asks Angelica to die for him, Jack tricks him into drinking the chalice by, or lacking the tear. Angelica is healed whilst Blackbeard dies. Serena returns to an injured Philip, kisses him, and guides him to underwater to an unknown fate. Jack maroons Angelica on a key. Afterwards, he reunites with Gibbs, who used Jack's compass to locate the revenge, retrieving the bottled Black Pearl. In a post-credit scene, a voodoo doll of Jack created by Blackbeard washes ashore onto Angelica's key. Alright. Boom, doom boom boom ba-doom, Boodoom boom boom ba-doom, boo <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kudu Badoo The podcast was in a podcast where cool dudes rank bad dudes. This, being the fourth movie in the series, we have to review the previous ranked bad guys. Um, number one, Davy Jones. Number two, Barbosa. And number three, Cutler Beckett. This week, we have Blackbeard or Edward Teach. Um, I, I'm going to start off by saying I love Blackbeard a lot. Um, his writing was good. His acting was good. Ian McShane did a great job. Um,
1: I might put him at number two. I can agree to that. Really? I can. I I'd be willing to knock, knock Barbosa down because Barbosa was only a bad guy in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's more yeah. of an anti hero.
3: Yeah, okay. So if we're yeah, I agree. If we're ranking them on their badness. On their badness, then yeah. I I really still do like Barbosa a lot, so I feel weird like knocking him a level, but I I I agree that in terms of like the cool dude drink bad dudes, like yeah, I agree. As long mm-hmm. as Cutler Beckett is
2: still wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all that matters. Screw to me. that
0: guy.
2: <laughs> so remind me who Beckett is. Is he <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Exactly yeah. Is he the, the, the British guy who's trying to take down yeah. everything in he, movie three?
1: Yeah, he's the character that could have been excised from the movie.
2: All I can think when I see him is I think of Mr. Collins from Pride and Prejudice, who was <laughs> who played opposite of Kira Knightley. Who played Elizabeth Bennett, like those two. Are
1: I just want Swan both, and Bennett. Okay,
2: so Keira Knightley played both Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice and Elizabeth Swan in Pirates, and then the Beckett guy, I don't know his actor's name, but he was the bad guy in Pirates, and he was the bad guy, Mr. Collins, in Pride and Prejudice. So he, those two actors were in the movies together. In very, like, opposing roles. <laughs> so, cool. I, so I'm like, what's Mr. Collins doing on a ship? <laughs> 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 Tom Holland Dirk. Is that his name?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's his name. Yeah. So. But
2: yes, number four for him. I agree. He is less intimidating, I guess. Than the others.
0: and It's not even just that. It's like Alex was saying um, in the last episode. Like, he very much, like, they could have written um, Norrington to be him. And, like, probably yeah. should have done that, honestly. Give him a two-story
1: or two-movie arc.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, they didn't. They did whatever... They did there um, and added an unnecessary character. But, yeah, I think, number one, Davy Jones. Number two, Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard.
1: Yes.
2: I support that. R. So what, <laughs> tell me what made Davy Jones number one.
1: They liked him more than I did. I asked them.
2: <laughs> I want to know I'm what the intimidating criteria intimidating
1: and,
0: like, really evil.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Twas the tentacles.
3: He was the most. I know I keep using the word memorable for how much I like something, but he's just so memorable. Like his voice and his appearance, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't know. I just thought that he was a really well done character.
0: I appreciated that he was a villain for two movies yeah, as me well.
2: Me too. Me too. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And he was just like he just brought this like demanding presence to the screen and. Um, he, even though he kind of talked funny, I heard, like, we read a couple weeks ago that he played him as Scottish, even though the director wanted to play him as Dutch. Um, he sounded kind of like a cross between Scottish and Dutch to me. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, his accent was kind of weird sometimes. Um, but I, I think, uh, Bill Nighy, the guy that played him. Um, Just played him fabulously. And, um, yeah, I just think he was a great, great villain.
2: Mm-hmm. I think one of the primary things that makes a villain great is they just have this level-headedness, no matter mm-hmm. what happens. That makes them scary because they never – when you see a villain panic, you know you got them. they
3: mm-hmm. like,
2: they're being outdone. Mm-hmm. But if they can just be calm – they're, like, always so creepily calm – about everything and confident. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes a good villain. Cause they like mm-hmm. power or tower over the main character that way.
0: I can agree with that. Me too. And I would almost say in that light, Davy Jones kind of wavers towards the end of at world's end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, like a moment of panic. Um, but in his death, he was more composed, like, he he thought he was in control. mm mm-hmm. um, So, like, it was just a very brief moment of weakness or panic. And in his death, he thought he was in control. So I think that, like, keeps him as, like, the good villain that you were talking about, like a well-written villain. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at us reviewing and, like, diving deep.
2: Only you know? four
0: was-
1: episodes and a Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, yes. I'm
2: gonna attribute it to the four episodes. You're you're get you guys are getting it down now.
0: Arrgh. So, yes, number one, Davy Jones. Number two, Blackbeard. Number three, Barbosa, and number four.
3: Cutler, oh, his name is. Cutler Beckett. <laughs> who cares? What's his face? <laughs> What's his face?
0: Not red, not black bears. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> black bear. Black, <laughs> no, I typed bears. So, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bear is best?
3: <laughs>
0: Mr. Beard. Thank you so much. So awesome. Um, next up we have the Darmok Review, and Alex. I kind of wish that we had done this earlier, but. <laughs> Will you do the At World's End one, too? Okay.
1: Let's go back to last week for a second. All right, we're back in last week.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Weiss, Ca- Weiss Camera Action. I'm your host, Aaron
1: Weiss, along with... I'm just kidding. All right. All right. Crouching Gibbs, Hidden Sparrow. <laughs> Davy Jones on the Dutchman, His Wounds Untended. Beckett his armies his army with fists closed.
2: <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Well,
2: man, I love the what's it, Crouching
1: Crouching Gibbs,
0: Hidden Sparrow.
2: Oh my goodness. Because when we were talking about the map from the last one, I was thinking about Crouching, crouching... Tiger Hidden Dragon. That's because
1: Chow Yun Fat was in that
2: movie. It was <laughs> perfect.
1: That's the joke. All right.
0: Now for on Stranger Tides.
1: I'm back this week. By the way, if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, Mister Pepe Danger, write in your Darmok review. Mm-hmm. Sparrow at the Royal Castle, Ponce de Leon, Conce de Leon. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.
3: <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs>
0: Is the perfect time to come to the ads. Alex, Chelsea, Erica, ladies, gentlemen, do you love gaming, movies, and or TV? Yes.
3: And or Chelsea All of the above.
0: Great. Well, shoot dang, do I have the show for you. Listen to the podcast that started it all, Weisscast, for nearly two years now. It has been available on your favorite podcast service. It has gone through some growing pains, boy, let me tell you. But for we finally hit our stride. If you want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash Weisscast, where $1 a month grants you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the show. Also, feel free to... Correct us when we make mistakes at www.wisecast.com slash your dash wrong. We'd love to hear our mistakes and layer we'll them on next week's episode. Back to the show. It's time to rank Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Right now, at number one, we have Curse of the Black Pearl. At number two, we have at World's End, our and world's at number three, we have Dead Man's Chest.
1: Where do we think? Well, this can we rank
0: first or give our rating. Oh, we should give our rating. You're right. You're so right, um, Chelsea. I'd like to hear your rating of this movie.
2: My rating. So what's the scale of ten? Scale of ten.
0: You can do in increments of 0. 0.25.
1: If you
2: would okay. like. Ooh. Skeleton. I think I'll give it, I'm gonna do a rounded number and give it a seven, No, six. There's no wrong answer, Chelsea. Six. I'm gonna give it a six.
1: Tough <laughs> critic. I'm, me? You want no. me? No, I'm looking at Chelsea. That's oh, okay. Looking. Um. so I, I really enjoyed the movie. I, like, I think it's the best one since number one. I'm going to give it an eight.
3: Wow. I'm more on Chelsea's side. I, my instinct after watching it was to give it a 6.5. It, um, Yeah, I'm different from Alex on that one. I don't think it's anywhere near my favorite since the first one.
2: <laughs> I...
0: Here's the thing. (laughs) I did not like this movie at first upon first viewing. I think it's two thirds of a potentially great movie. Um, the last act really kind of fell apart for me. Um, I think the characters were written really well. It fits in well with the Pirates of the Caribbean world universe, lore, etc. Um, Admittedly, I kind of do miss Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. Um, I think the guy that they got to play that Philip guy, he wasn't that great. Um, the The mermaid relationship was kind of boring to me. Um, but that being said, the cinematography, the the score, the choreography, the action. It was really, really good. Can we talk about how lean the runtime was too? Oh yeah, yes. it it being so much shorter than at Worlds End was great.
3: Yeah, I appreciated that a lot too. Um,
0: I think I want to put this at number three.
1: Number three. Mm-hmm. That's agreeable.
2: I don't even remember what happened in number two. Granted, I didn't watch it with you.
1: Uh. Davy Jones, everybody's fighting over his heart.
2: Oh, the I Got a Jar of Dirt one. Yeah, that's okay. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one's in Pirates the last. of the Caribbean. I Got a Jar of Dirt.
2: <laughs> I can Photoshop that onto a poster.
0: Oh, yeah, my score for it. I'll give it a
1: 7.25. <laughs> Seven and one our portion. Now we're getting our franchises mixed up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um,
0: All right. This is how we have to do it. What? Raise your hand if you think this movie is better than Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest.
3: Dang. (laughs) All right. Raise
0: your hand if you think this movie is better than Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh, interesting.
1: Well, I, I was okay with number with putting it third place, but
0: you know. Well, we have to flip a coin because we're even right now. Hey Siri, flip a coin. <laughs> Sweet. So, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides goes to number three. <sighs> Decided by a coin flip. Um. Oh shoot! This was a very quick recording, ladies and gentlemen. We have afterthoughts, favorite um, scenes. Yes, let's, let's go favorite scenes. Um, starting with Erica J. Lavender.
2: Wow. Um. Hmm. Favorite
3: scene. Well, I really liked Angelica's introduction. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked how it, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with that as my favorite scene. Um, her initial fight scene with Jack I thought mm-hmm. was cool because it had to be someone, either someone that we already knew or it had to be someone that you wouldn't expect to be impersonating Jack for whatever reason. Um, so when they introduced Angelica as like a big character and also that she was a woman, I didn't, I just thought it was going to be some random guy. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that whole scene and how it was choreographed and then the big reveal for who it was, I thought that was well done, and I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Alex? I I have to agree about the the same scene. Actually, like, everything from Jack's escape in the palace to his sword fight with Angelica was just spot on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't think of another scene that I enjoyed as much, but, yeah there's there's not many scenes anytime they did sword fights I really like that Chelsea
2: I think my favorite was definitely the exchange with the king mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. just because that when I was watching that I was just like man this just feels so good like the first movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just the humor I loved the humor of the that scene and just Jack's escape skills mm-hmm. So I think that was my
1: favorite. I I liked Blackbeard's introduction up to when he started hanging people with the magical s- snake ropes. hmm Just like the reveal of him walking out of the door,
2: it's cool. hmm
0: Yeah, I think I think we're in consistence that the first act's the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Although my my favorite scene, I I kind of mentioned it earlier. Was I don't know why, but I really liked when he t- overtook that carriage with the coal. Like I just <laughs> thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, that whole escape scene um, when he's on the streets of London is just amazing to me. Um, mm-hmm. It was really well choreographed, and when he stepped on that one dude's head, <laughs> yeah. like, I felt that. You know?
2: Yes, I did too. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's <laughs> gonna get a concussion.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I I mean. I think if we if we were to rank individual acts of Pirates of the Caribbean, like this first act of On Stranger Tides might be like one or two, you know? But we're not doing that. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that this
1: movie, like all the other movies, including the first one, the second act kind of sagged, and this one it was the third act that kind of sagged. Mm-hmm.
3: That would be interesting, though, to instead of just – ranking all the movies, like, ranking the best parts of each movie, because then my rankings might be different, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I really didn't enjoy the beginning of this one. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would put it towards the bottom of the list. So and we anyway, can
1: slap together a, a new movie and have a Franken movie.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Franken pirate.
1: hmm Well, folks,
0: this has been Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, and each and every week on Podcast Services Around the Globe, you can listen to our reviews of movies and or series of movies. Um, the results of the poll are in. We had two rounds. At first, it was Twilight versus Mission Impossible, and Twilight won the first round. And then... It was Twilight versus the Santa Claus, and the Santa Claus won just barely. So for the holiday season, we will be ranking and reviewing the Santa Claus franchise. Um, of course, next week we have Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales, and um, then after that we will be starting the Santa Claus cinematic universe. Woohoo! You can find me on Instagram and the tweeters at The Weiss is Right. Find Weisscast on Instagram and Twitter and Patreon. Uh, just search Weisscast on Patreon, um, and Weisscast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, speaking of Patreon, Alex, uh, our, our new tiers, um. Hey, Aaron, read the tiers.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: let me see if I can find them really quickly Bubba bump ba bump ba ba bump bam bam ba ba bam ba ba bam 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 Dun, 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 dun. All right. This has been intermission brought to you by me. All right. Number one, pretty much stays the same $1 a month in our lowest tier. We will add you in our show credits and give you a shout out in the episode, as well as give you the ability to write in questions for Weiss cast and, or Darmok reviews for Weiss camera action. Our $5 a month tier uh, you get everything from the lowest tier plus access to our special monthly Weisscast and Camera action crossover episode. $10 a month gets you everything from the lower two tiers plus you will get the ability to have a five minute call in segment during one Weisscast and one Camera action per month. And finally, you get everything in the other tiers and you will have the opportunity to be on Uh, As a guest and record a podcast with us as much as desired. So we have a $1 tier, a $5 tier, a $10 tier, and a $25 tier. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is up to you. That's right, you to prevent forest fires. (laughs) but also be on Patreon. Um, Erica, where can can the lovely people find you?
3: You can find me mainly on Instagram at erica.lav, that's L-A-V, or on Twitter, which is not as active, but you can find me there at underscore lavenderica.
0: Alex, where can the good people find you?
1: Alexander M. Weiss on the social medias. And Chelsea. Oh. You're most active on Instagram, aren't yeah.
2: you? Yeah, Imagination of Chelsea. On Instagram.
0: On the gram. Folks, this has been Weiss Camera Action, and until next week, drink up me hearties.
2: Yo ho.